Marvelites, welcome to episode number 111 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, and December snowstorms. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com editor Ben Morse, who traipsed through the snow this morning, as did Ryan, to be here at the Marvel offices here in frigid Manhattan uh, in, an, in our cold recording room. It's just the theme of today is cold. Very, very cold. Everything's cold, but we're here. We're excited. We got a lot of books to cover this week. We got news for you guys. We got Stromy out on the West Coast, where I guess it's probably not cold. It's probably like 800 degrees. Yeah, he's probably boiling. And then we've got our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Uh, we're co- talking about Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes this week. Yep. And uh, yeah, we got a lot to cover. Yeah, we, we certainly should, do. Dive right into guess it. Yes, we should get into it with the comics on sale this week, both in print and on the Marvel Comics app. A plus X number 15, two big stories. First off, we have Jay Nitz, who's actually one of the first comic creators I spoke to back when I broke into this industry, when he was doing uh, much smaller scale stuff, and Greg Smallwood on art. They do a very fun Doctor Strange Beast team up. Has a lot to do with the parallels between science and magic, them trying to convince each other that the other is legit, and eventually having to work together to face a threat that is a little bit of both. We've also got the continuing, and I love this, the continuing uh, Captain America Cyclops team up, written by Jerry Duggan, art by David Yardine, who I love on interiors, you saw him on X Factor on covers for so long, but Jerry is such a knack for these characters. Cap is just the straight laced, like almost jerky. Kind of guy, Cyclops as the in this he's really just just trying to apologize all the time, but at the same time not really trying to apologize. Uh, Emma Frost makes an appearance, so it's another fun character that Jerry gets right, and another cameo which I'm not going to spoil. But they're dealing with the scrolls. It's really fun. Uh, it's it's an enjoyable story, and that's what A Plus X is all about: fun stories that starring your favorite heroes. And speaking of cold, over an amazing Spider-Man number seven hundred point two, written by. David Morell, great art by Klaus Janssen. Always, like I said, a treat to see Klaus Janssen doing art. It's pretty stuff. Uh, this is the part two of what started last week. It's a story about a horrible winter storm in New York. And Aunt May is trapped in her house. Peter has to make his way across town as Spider-Man. It's kind of a simple setup. It's, it reminded me of the Daredevil story from Daredevil Dark Nights not too long ago, where he was making his way across New York in a snowstorm. But similarly... Deep stuff where uh, Peter has a lot of things he can deal with on the way as Spider-Man. A lot of people can help, but also he wants to get to his aunt, has to make some decisions, has to deal with the whole power versus responsibility thing. Then we have another issue of Amazing Spider-Man out this week. Amazing Spider-Man 700.3, written by Joe Casey, who we're going to be talking more about later in this podcast. Uh, Art by Timothy Green. Always nice to see stuff by him. This is an interesting one. It's uh, Spidey battling firebrand uh kind of the not seen for a little while villain and suffering some burns as a result puts him in a weird situation where he is goes undercover reluctantly among a group of supervillains and has to try to conceal his identity so fun stuff in these little amazing spider-man point whatever issues <laughs> over to avengers ai number seven this is an inhumanity tie-in book uh, which also has Daredevil in it. It's awesome. This is, you know, coming right out of the events of Infinity and Adelan, the Inhuman City, has uh, been exploded and is now in the Hudson River. And the Avengers AI crew have been uh, enlisted by Captain America to go recover 
and salvage technology and sort of, you know, make sure things don't fall into the wrong hands, which we will talk about in another issue later this uh, section. But here um, you've got Ant-Man dealing with some stuff. You've got great little uh, interactions between Doombot, Ant-Man, and Daredevil. Then And bringing Daredevil into this was terrific because yeah. uh, if you had been reading Daredevil for the past year, which you should be, uh, you, you knew that he had the whole uh, interaction with... Um, Dr. Doom and when he was in Latveria and all kinds of bad stuff happened with that. So he's right off the bat he sees he sees what he thinks is Dr. Doom and he's pissed. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some some great stuff between Doom and Daredevil. Uh but all this is going on as the Inhumans are um, you know, basically coming to life. So you've got a new Inhuman here who happens to be one of Matt Murdock's clients. Uh, there's great interaction. It's it's a little old lady who turns into this big tentacle monster. Yeah. And uh, it's there's some super sweet stuff in here. Um, and it's it's also really sad. She's she's got a, a bunch of tough things that happened to her, and now she's turned into a big tentacle monster. Yeah. I mean, it's like not the ideal thing, but uh, we get you know. How she integrates into in human society, you'll find out in here. Um, one of the things I do want to say, I mean, Sam Humphreys has been writing this. He's doing a great job. Uh, but Andre Aruha, Arojo, yes, right? Andre Lima Arojo is killing it on art. We yeah. say this every, every time an issue comes out. But what I really got from the art in this is the way he draws, you know, the human or human-like body type it's a little bit more squat it's wider it's a little bit it's not you know as like big svelte super people even mm. medusa she she's got more meat on her bones yeah. uh, talk about medusa's hair too he yeah he nails medusa's uh, hair so which cool is, of course you know key part of her character he does a yeah. great job of it yeah um everything i just love the way he draws people and technology and things and then cool uh return from a character right at the end yeah. of the issue Let's mention, too, the uh, friendship between Matt Murdock and Hank Pym. Yeah. Which I love because it's so seemingly out of left field. It's something Mark Wade built in Daredevil between two characters who have been around forever but never really interacted. And it turns out they have a lot in common. They get along well, which is just nice to see. They're, they're, they're buddies, and uh, it's nice to see it carried over here by Sam. Yeah, it, it definitely had a feel of like a classic com- Marvel comic where everything is connected. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's no specific thing that makes them cross over but um the relationships and the the shared universe of it all definitely shines through here cable and x-force number 17 by dennis hopeless and gerardo sandoval uh there's a whole bunch of stories that conclude in this one you've got cable and hope dealing with the reavers and the australian outback uh and you know everything that could go wrong for them has gone wrong for them so it's you watch them you know dig out of their problems um, Ford has been taken over by the adversary, yep. the, the basically this demonic entity that uh, Ford had trained for years to fight and thought he had put him away for good. He never did. Nope. Forge's whole thing, if I may. You love Forge. Forge, <laughs> I like as a character. I actually do like him as a character, but objectively, he is a total failure <laughs> because he, number one, unleashed the adversary on the world. After he had been trained for years to stop the adversary, and then he's the one who unleashed him, failed to stop the adversary, and the X Men had to give up their lives, and Forge didn't. He stayed alive, and that was what led to them being in Australia and all that junk. And then every time the adversary has come back, Forge has 
again, failed to do anything to stop this guy. This is like, it's 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 like if uh, I don't know who's in in your Star Wars movie, with Luke's supposed to stop Darth Vader, right? That's his whole deal. Uh, what if I mean, he just constantly couldn't stop Darth Vader? <laughs> sure. Or your or your Doctor Who and he fights the little vacuum robots. Yeah, the vacuum robots. Yeah. If he just like kept bringing the vacuum robots and kept having to be saved by other people, it's whatever. Forge, great character, terrible hero. Fantastic. <laughs> so in that vein, uh, Forge is I'm trying to relate to you. Yeah, Forge's yeah. butt is pulled out of the fire by yeah. Doctor Nemesis. Classic Forge. Some really fun stuff there. Uh, you've got Colossus and Domino riding, uh, surfing a giant sentinel head, and oh, you know God. they're going to have... They're so great. They're going to have naughty, naughty uh, times after this. It's, Maybe my favorite couple in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, they're, right they're pretty great. Um, there's lots of fun Boom Boom stuff. Uh, you know, it wraps up a whole bunch of things and sets us off into the, um, the crossover yeah. with uh, Uncanny X-Force. X-Force is about to collide. Ba-boom. Captain America, number 14, written by Rick Remender, art by Carlos Pacheco. Inks by Mariano Taibo and colors by Dean White through the whole art team out there because they do a great job throughout this issue. This is drawing to a close this loose nuke arc where nuke is on the loose and he is out trying to win wars that America didn't win. Cap, nuke is his worst nightmare. Uh, Ryan actually and I actually talked to Rick Remender yesterday. The podcast won't be going up for a little while, but big stuff is happening in this book. And one of the things we talked about is how nuke just represents. Just a nightmare for Cap, just him gone wrong, the American dream gone awry. And in this issue, Cap tries to deal with Nuke how Cap would normally deal with Nuke, trying to talk him down, trying to get him to see reason. But Cap has been through so much lately, all the Dimension Z stuff, all the tragedy, that he just kind of loses it. Um, And we see a very different side of Captain America, to the point where Falcon actually has to step in and intercede. So we see Cap try to stop Nuke in a number of ways. Some traditional, some a little aggressive. And then Falcon has his own little moral quandary to deal with because a journalist has followed them into the line of fire. He saves her life and then is going to take away her camera so she can't, you know, say to the world, hey, Nuke is out there and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s screwed up. But he has to make the decision whether or not he values civil liberties or, you know, kind of the what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s trying to accomplish. So... A lot of decisions to be made in this book, a lot of very, very heavy stuff, and the introduction or continued introduction of a new adversary who we're going to learn a lot more coming up, and that's the Iron Nail. Stay tuned. This guy is going to be huge. Captain America Living Legend number four, written by Andy Diggle, painted art by Augustin Alessio. Wrapping up this series, Cap finally comes face-to-face with the Russian soldier who he saved many years ago, who has now turned into this crazy alien machine Nix, he pleads with Cap to help him. How does Cap need to help him? you got to read the book to find out. But in the end, it is not Cap who has to save the day. Uh, it is another character. And again, the email of Captain America this week, decisions. Hard decisions have <laughs> to be made by a lot of people. All right, time to go to the Ultimate Universe. We've got Cataclysm, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number two by Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez. Uh, you, it's set in two periods. One, you've got... The uh, you've got Spider-Man and his ultimate friends, Dazzler, uh, not Dazzler, uh, Dagger, Cloak, Bombshell, Spider-Woman, all dealing with the Galactus problem. But they flash back to two years prior in the Ultimate Universe, the last time there was a giant 
calamity when uh, Magneto just lost it during Ultimatum and uh, flooded Manhattan. And so you see how um, Dagger had, you know, what she was doing at that time. And you could already see back then, two years ago, before she had powers, before she had anything, she was a good person. She wanted to help people. And I think that's a, you know, it's a cool little look back at who she is, who she was. Um, there's great stuff as Cloak and Dagger try to go up against Galactus. There's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, well, don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Um, we flash back to uh, Miles and how he and his family dealt with things. And, you know, there's just the way uh, David draws Miles here. He looks so innocent and so, mm-hmm. like, <sighs> confused and everything. Oh, it's great. But uh, great moments for Bombshell. She's a character who's, I think, really breaking out. She's a lot of fun. Yeah. She's, um, she's super cool. I, I like where she's going with this. Um, and then in the midst of all that, you have a huge, 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 huge moment for Miles' Ultimate Spider-Man. Game changer. Yeah. Definitely a game changer. I was reading it on the subway last night, and I went, mouth agape. Didn't know that was going to happen. Me neither. I love that. That was wonderful. Uh, all right. On to Cataclysm, the Ultimates, number two. Uh, so while you've got the heroes in New York dealing with all the stuff that they're doing, we flash back to, uh, well, we scan over to Nick Fury and his uh, Secret Warriors, his Howling Commandos, whatever you want to call yeah, them. Whatever they are this week. Yeah, facing uh, MODOK, who is leading the Ooh, Church of so Galactus, essentially. Yeah. Uh, they've taken over a Hulk. You so need gross stuff, Teron, that involves machines. You yeah. call Carmine D. Gian Domenico. He is the man. Yeah. Uh, you... The thing about this, you know, like we've got, we've had a lot of cool stuff with the Howling Commandos right. in a various number of books, and it's just you just watch them get picked apart in this, and it's Oof. intense. It is um, all the bad things that go down for that crew. It's 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 rough, uh, but in the midst of all that, we see how freaking awesome Hercules is in yeah. the Ultimate Universe. Ultimate Hercules is great. He is fantastic, and like. Definitely, like, souped-up power level than you would have expected yeah. uh, previously. So it's, it's cool to watch him cut loose in this issue. Danny uh, Ketch, he hangs in there, too. Yeah, old, old Danny Ketch. <laughs> I mean, he's the narrator for part of the book. It's, yeah. it's cool. But um, uh, Falcon is trying to get things done on a different front, and we will see how they all fare next yeah. issue. End of an era time. Yeah. Emerald City of Oz, number five. This is not only the final issue of this limited series... Uh, as the you know the Oz folks have to deal with all the bad nicks coming towards them, but it's uh, it's the end of the run for these Oz books. Period. Yep. Uh, Eric Schanauer and Scotty Young have uh, put their final touches on their adaptations of these books, and uh, L. Frank Baum I think would be very proud. There's a nice couple of words at the end from Eric and Scotty, and um, I will miss these books. Inhumanity, The Awakening, number one, written by Matt Kint, uh, with art by Paul Davidson. And um, this is really focusing on a bunch of young heroes, some Jean Grey School and Avengers Academy kids, who go to help out a new Inhuman, who they have found, um, oh, she is not faring well. Mm -mm. She wasn't faring well to begin with. She's Mm -mm. been an outcast and, and sad sack. But when she gets her power, she gets a new... Look, she's got all these feathers on her. Things go poorly for her, and she she doesn't understand how to cope with this. And so in come these kids who deal with a lot of these problems, who 
have learned to cope and want to help her, which is, is some really sweet stuff. Uh, and then you see a twist because she's not the only inhuman mm. in the family. Okay, Marvel Knights Hulk number one, written by our buddy Joe Keating, art by Peter Kowalski, and this is exactly what this initiative is about. Marvel Knights doing different stuff with different creators and telling a wacky kind of story. It opens up with, first of all, Peter Kowalski's art is great, it's scratchy, has definitely a different feel, not what you normally see in a Marvel book, but Joe's story places Bruce Banner, an amnesiac Bruce Banner, in the city of Paris, unfamiliar surroundings. Paris. Paris. Peter Kowalski does a great job. Just letting you know on every page, this is not New York. Just beautiful spreads. Like, even if you have no familiarity. I'm pretty sure Joe lived in, in Paris Joe did for a live while. in Paris. He talked to us about it on uh, Marvel Live. So, he lived there. I think Peter's obviously familiar with it. Bruce Banner wakes up basically face down in the river. And this girl, Diane... Shows up to help him. She's talking in French at first. She's very funny. She's very witty. Uh, her uncle is American. She has a mixed opinion on Americans, as most Parisians seem to. Uh, so basically, he has no idea where he is. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He just has this sense, and we see it beautifully in Peter's art, that something's not right inside of him. Obviously, we know what this is, but she doesn't know what this is. So there's this impending sense of danger. There's these government agents who come after him, or we think they're government agents. Agents of what? We're not quite sure. Turns out there's more to them than meets the eye. They end up Are they pers- Transformers? No. I, sh- oh. I should have thought before I said that. Oh. Um, I like Transformers. There is more to them than you might think. Uh, they are go-bots. <laughs> they go- they go-bots. <laughs> uh, they're not, they're not, Son of a bitch. They're not go-bots. <laughs> um, but they end up chasing Bruce through the streets of Paris, and they basically become monsters. They're like abomination types. And there's a familiar group behind all of this. But yeah, just such a different kind of feel. Very standalone. So if you're not picking up Hulk comics, if you're just looking for a comic to pick up, give it to a friend. It's beautiful. The story's neat. Uh, Joe writes a very fast-paced, adventurous, and also entertaining and witty story. So very high recommendations for Marvel Knights Hulk. Got a pair of animated adaptations. Our friend Joe Caramagna does Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, number three, adapting the Ghost of a Chance episode. Then he also does Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, number 21, adapting the Strange episode with a guest star, Doctor Strange. Hmm. And also speaking of adaptations, we have... Marvel's Captain America the First Avenger, number two, written by Peter David, art by Wellens and Alves, bringing Captain America the First Avenger to comic book form with a few months just before uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. You can get caught up on what happened in the first film and then segue right into what comes next. What comes next in our list of books is Mighty Avengers, number nice four. Well played. Uh, it is another Inhumanity tie-in, and like I talked about with Avengers AI, it, uh, there is a plot line involving um, Adelan, which is in the Hudson, and people going after the technology in there. And in this issue, we see not just one person. We see one group going after it and another group already involved in the, in the city. So you've got these two separate groups. The Avengers AI team doesn't know about this. The Avengers crew in here doesn't know about this yet. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff going on here. Well, that's... You know, sort of the overarching story. We see our new Avengers team, the Luke Cage's team, coming together. They have a place where they they have their you know their um, 
their headquarters now. It's uh, in an old G- theater in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, I think that's from the old Heroes for Hire book. Oh, yeah? I've never read old Heroes for Hire, but I have a passing familiarity. I know that I think the character introduced here is an existing character. And this is, I think, where Dave they Griffith? Were, yeah, I think this is where they were based for a time in the 70s and 80s. Nice. But you know what? That's the thing, though. Like, you don't need There's to some great that. history, yeah. but if you don't know that, you it doesn't bar you from enjoying yep. the story at all. Yep. Uh, but you do get this... I love the, the cast here. The cast mm-hmm. is terrific. Superior Spider-Man is such a jerk. Such a jerk. Such a jerk. Uh, but on top of him, you got Falcon. you got this Dave Griffith guy who is uh, Luke's ex-partner and part owner of the gem... The gem. Uh, as I said, Luke Cage with his wife Jessica Jones and Kid Danielle, which there's terrific stuff mm-hmm. with all three of them throughout. There's one page with Blue Marvel in it, and Blue Marvel fighting. Yeah, that's all you need with with Hauptmann Deutschland, which I, great character. Is that a, an established character? Oh yeah, he's, I've never he's seen like, him. He's basically like no, he's the Captain America yeah, of, Germany, of Germany, as Al puts it. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's basically like the. Germany was sick of being known for just the Red Skull, so they're like, you know, we should have Let's a have good, a good guy. guy, and his whole thing was trying to fight the Red Skull, so I'm glad to see he's expanded, but yeah. for a while, that was it. I love it, uh, but it's the Blue Marvel and Hauptmann Deutschland uh, against the Terror Hives of Vespi. That I've never heard of, so they But it's new. one of dozens of world-threatening problems you will never hear about. I love oh, that. I cool, want yeah. that one, I want a, a story about this fight, like this team up this whole thing i love the blue marvel of it all it's like right? one-off blue marvel it's just it's twice you've used of it all in this podcast. yeah i'm gonna keep doing it okay uh we've got spectrum who is monica rambeau she's the field leader on the team uh you know falcon has some great stuff in here about oh, falcon's fantastic falcon is amazing i mean you we love the character to begin with but yeah. in here you know it's it's wonderful big week uh, for falcon yeah between this and cap um, White Tiger and Power Man show up, and Power Man has this amazing Apparently. line. He nails it. It's yeah. so great. Uh, our mystery character, Spider Hero, no hyphen. Uh, he is. Uh, it, if you don't figure it out from the clues, you probably don't know the character well enough. Right. Uh, but there are many clues in here. They don't say outright who is behind, who is under the mask. But you should be able to figure it out. Yeah, we won't they're pretty much it. just saying it. <laughs> we won't spoil it. It's really fun, though. Like It's, it's very cheeky, very silly. Um, and he, his role in all this will definitely come to come up very soon as you see uh, some of the characters that are inhabiting Adelan right now and dealing with some of the, you know, that the Avengers are going to have to deal with. All that said, uh, I like that there's a field team. I like that Luke is sticking to his guns to st- hang out with his family. And uh, it, there's a lot of fun stuff going on here, even if Spider-Man is a jerk. Nova, number 11. Jerry Duggan now firmly in the writer's chair. Paco Medina rocking it on art with the aid of Juan Blasco and David Curiel. Two-parter here, in a sense. There's, there's two things going on. We got Sam Alexander on the home front, uh, dealing with the fact that he apparently went blind last issue, going to the doctor, figuring that out. Being very snarky with his mom. A great splash page of uh, when the doctor asks him if he has had any head trauma lately. It's a montage of all the head trauma he's had lately. Then him saying, no, I can't think of anything. Him in school, him dealing with a bully, dealing with the girl he likes, dealing with the principal, and then getting put into chess club. That is his punishment uh, because he won't he, he hasn't been there, and the principal doesn't want to give him detention because he thinks that'll just be a waste. So he makes him go to chess club. That leads to some interesting scenes here, and hopefully some more later. He has to take care of his little sister, 
that's really funny. So that's the funny part of the issue. <laughs> then the back part of the issue is him finally once his mom gets home. He's like waiting, waiting, waiting this whole time. Flies off into space, discovers the helmet, or rather the whole body corpse of a dead Nova. And the things that killed him goes after these things, has a fight with them, and basically dedicates himself like, all right, I'm the only Nova left. There are a bunch of Novas out there who died. I'm going to go find their helmets. I'm going to find their signals. And I'm going to honor these guys by finishing the jobs that they died doing. So kind of a new heroic bent to Sam. Flesh him out a little. He's still a kid. He's still a jerk. But now he also has a mission statement, which I think is really going to amp up this book moving forward. Superior Foes of Spider-Man, number six. This book just keeps rocking just, on all cylinders. So good. Incredibly entertaining. Boomerang's out on a date with the bartender we met. It's super funny. Uh, he dresses up in, like, basically a, I don't know, like a Marx Brothers outfit or uh, who's that silent film Harpo. star? Harpo. It's a Harpo deal? I don't know. I'm You're much older than I am. But um, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff where he's trying to make this date work. It's just Boomerang... I, I think he may be one of my favorite protagonists in the Marvel Universe right now. Yeah. He is a jerk in spite of himself. Uh, he has a very interesting inner monologue. Uh, he lets a little of the real him show here, but really he's, you know, he's, he's, he's working the whole time. Um, while he's doing all this, oh, and while we find out what he stole, the previous issue, more information on that, which is a great story in of itself. Steve Lieber and Nick Spencer doing a great job just bringing it all about we also have the remainder of the sinister six trapped by the owl uh overdrive freaking out speed demon just kind of whatever and beetle confident that they're going to get out of this situation and the reason she's confident we find out on the last page is she has a tie to another familiar marvel universe villain who i always love seeing one of my favorite random villains uh who shows up on the last page gets a nice little introductory arrow and we're off to the races from there just a great book every month uh can't say enough good things about superior spider yeah it's so good speaking of not so nice characters trying to get along we got thunderbolts number 19 titled road trip written by charles soul art by one of our favorites gabriel hernandez walta who we'll talk about a little more in the news section because he's got a new gig this is awesome it's a it's a story told completely from the perspective of the leader and it's hard to get too into detail on this because there are a couple big twists throughout the issue. Just one of those clever narrative things that Charles Soule puts out here. But basically it's the leader outlining how he would kill the entire Thunderbolts team. We get inside the leader's head. We learn that maybe not everything we thought about him, these first 18 issues, is still the case. And there are a lot of funny jokes and there are a lot of crazy moments but i really can't get into any of them um it's that kind of issue yeah you gotta read it to find out what's going on but it's well worth it thunderbolts has really shot up lately uh charles soul's doing a great job in this book yeah. on to uncanny x-men number 15 point in humanity which is our wacky way of saying this is an issue about inhumanity and it's not going to disrupt the order of the other books uh this is, I mean, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, but it's drawn by Chris Anka. Yeah. Anka, with colors by Rainbow Rado. Oh, my God. Chris Anka is going to be, like, the biggest star ever. That's what everyone's so saying. Good, He's man. the new hotness. So good. It's kind of insane. He's got this animated style, but something that's all his own. It's very textured, uh, very fashionable in a lot of ways, 
You know, he's, he's got really good sense of style. Um, this is all about a girls' night out. The, the kids, the young ladies at the new Xavier school want to get out. They, they want to be young women. They want to have fun. They want to um, actually have new clothing because they've been wearing the same crap for a while, uh, which, you know what? I agree. I would want to go shopping, too, if I was in their shoes. Absolutely. Um, they want to do that. And they want their teachers to come with them. Uh, they want Magic and Emma Frost and Kitty Pride to well, go really with them. Well, really, they just want Magic at first. Yeah. And then things happen. Yeah. There's a great bit where Magic's like, don't ask me, ask Emma Frost. And they're like, we came to you first. Why? Because you're the nicer one. I'm the nice one? Yeah. No, right? Uh, there's great stuff. You see how Emma Frost sleeps, which is hilarious. Uh, there's, there's some really funny stuff. Uh, great interactions between all these characters. Um, a little bit of tension, and you see some airing of grievances in this issue between some of the girls there. Uh, but, you know, like the Cuckoos, I love, are really getting textured throughout uh, the Uncanny series. They're not yeah. just, you know, of the same mind. They are each developing their own personalities and quirks and uh, loves and hates and all kinds of good stuff. Midst of all that, the girls are out doing their thing, and boom, the Inhumanity wave strikes whatever we're calling whatever we're it, calling it. Who yeah. knows? uh and there's a new inhuman in london uh and it is the is this no this isn't this is not the first time an ultimate character has trans All right, has yeah. moved over to the you know the marvel universe this isn't even the first time this ultimate character has moved over to the marvel universe really there was a version of this character in avengers the initiative that dan slot did as a rib on bendis oh wow the spelling's different uh-huh. so that's how he got away with it but yeah. they're just trying to make this happen yeah so I, there are mul- it's like yeah there it, are multiple hymns running around it's hilarious there's some really funny stuff in here and um it, it brings up a good question a big point that we you know we thought people would be interested in how do mutants and inhumans right you know exist what have what are they what are the differences what are the similarities how do they coexist uh, how does the world perceive them how do they perceive each other there's a lot of stuff that you know talking points that they mm-hmm. bring up here and, and questions that need to be yeah. thought about and that's before not we something can really that's answer. going away yeah soon. it's going to be addressed more than anything it's just going to become more and more prevalent yeah. All right, going into our last leg here, we got Wolverine number 12 by Paul Cornell and Alan Davis. It's the penultimate chapter of Killable. Wolverine's in a bad way. He's been beaten up by the hand. He's all cut up and gross. He doesn't have a healing factor. And he's fighting the Silver Samurai. Silver Samurai practically takes his eye out, almost gets Nick Furyized. Uh, it's like just a round robin of attacks here. The heroes are by yeah, the the sidekicks, say, sidekicks Revenge. revenge. Um, oh, old school references are just <laughs> cranking today. Um, if you're... If you're over 25, you're really going to love this podcast. Uh, but yeah, he gets beat up by the Silver Samurai. Silver Samurai subs out. Some members of the hand come in, leave him in bad shape, goes back to where Kitty Pride is holding the hostages. Something happens that pushes Wolverine to a point he never wanted to reach, really messes with him. There's a twist. And then by the end, he's just screaming, screaming for Sabretooth because he's like, I am beat to hell. The hand has been working me over. I'm as injured as I'm going to be. I know Sabretooth's around the corner. So just, you know what? Just come here. Like, come out and let's fight. Because that's what's going to happen. And then that's the next issue. Sabretooth shows up at the end in a swank suit. He's all decked out. That's how Sabretooth does it now. And next issue is going to be Wolverine versus Sabretooth, which is always a good time. 
I like how you more and more you're peppering wrestling terminology oh, yeah. and like parlance into yeah. your everyday. I said speak. rib earlier. What did yeah, I say you there? did say rib. Uh, working them over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a fighting that, term. No, that's something you get that's from wrestling. watching a lot of wrestling. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, finishing up. Wolverine and the X-Men, number 39 by Jason Aaron and Pepe Larraz. Pepe Larraz really steps it up here. Obviously, Wolverine and the X-Men has a great artistic pedigree, but just look at these splash pages he does. Great work with the students. A lot of fun. Jason Aaron writes a great story. Again, we've got two parallel storylines running. On the one hand, Wolverine has headed to a shield uh, shield site that was leaked to him um, where there are sentinels being made. But someone else got leaked the same information, and uh-oh, it's Cyclops. So He's Wolverine not a trap. <laughs> Wolverine and Cyclops fighting Sentinels and bickering like you know old ladies. It's, it's really great. They really cut into each other. I mean, we've seen Wolverine and Cyclops fight uh, a lot over the past couple of years and verbally joust a lot, as recently as Battle of the Atom. But there's something great and fun about seeing them side by side trying to work together because the thing is they are fighting and they hate each other but they're so used to being buddies and being teammates that they lapse into wolverine being like like slim do this and psychops being like logan go right but the twist there is that both of their powers are messed up so wolverine's relying on cyclops to be able to use his optic blast which he can't because they're all crazy and then cyclops is relying on wolverine to be able to you know have a healing factor which he doesn't uh, they both realize this, and there's just, I don't know, Jason Aaron does a really great job. There's kind of these weird moments where they sympathize with each other, but then immediately realize, remember, they're supposed to hate each other, and go back to, you know, oh, you're a teacher, and you're useless. Nah, you're an outlaw, and you're useless. So that's great. That alone is an awesome issue. But on the other side, back at the school, we've got these two S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who have infiltrated, uh, and one the guy with three heads, is really enjoying being a student at the Jean Grey School. He bonds with the students. Uh, he goes and does homework with them. We find out that the homework, they're all excited for homework. And they find out why. Because homework is great at the Jean Grey School. They get to go underwater. They get to go skiing. They get to go to the jungle. They go on Krakoa. It's all crazy. Uh, and just as this kid's kind of, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, he might, he might turn. He might go the other way. Uh, and we're, he's talking about how, how great all these kids are. His partner, the other S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, who hates mutants, basically talks about the dark secrets of all of the students. In particular, Brew has a really messed up scene. Um, so there's layers. There's layers to these characters. There's great stuff about them. There's bad stuff about them. We get to learn a little more about them. And you're just rooting for, on the one hand, you're rooting for this guy to you know say screw it shield like i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the x-men they're good people but on the other hand you're like oh wow there's there's some messed up stuff going on with the x-men maybe there's a point here and then the last page uh find out that some people who we thought were in the dark know a little more than they think they know it's just a great issue really really great issue Toes. time to pick our twin of the week i'm not gonna go far because i'm gonna actually pick wolverine the x-men number 39 nice in a in a good week, a packed week. Uh, I like Thunderbolts a lot. Like Marvel Knights Hulk a lot. Superior Foes of Spider-Man. A lot of the stuff we touched on. But uh, yeah, Wolverine and the X-Men. Fun issue. Good art. Good action. I didn't even really get into all the stuff with the Sentinels and all the awesome splash pages. Only briefly touched on that. And just a really well done comic. I think I'm going to go with Mighty Avengers number four. Nice. Good choice. Um, with Uncanny X-Men. Very close behind. Yeah. 
All right. And you can get all of those books on the Marvel Comics app. I'm doing a quick, quick jump here. And uh, you can also get Iron Man Fatal Frontier Infinite Comic number 10 yeah. available on the app. Also on the app this week, we've got Uncanny X-Men 394 to 409. And X-Men Emperor Vulcan 1 through 5. Uh, collections on sale this week. First on the app, we've got Captain Marvel Volume 1 In Pursuit of Flight. Daredevil, End of Days, Ooh, Red She-Hulk, Volume 2, Secret Avengers, Volume 1, Thanos Rising, and Young Avengers, Volume 1, Style Over Substance. And then in print, we've got Avengers Epic Collection, Volume 9, The Final Threat, Daredevil by Mark Wade, Volume 6, Hardcover, Deadpool by Daniel Way, The Complete Collection, Volume 2, Essential Hulk, Volume 7, Immortal Iron Fist, The Complete Collection, Volume 1, Man. Mini Marvels, The Complete Collection, and Thanos Infinity Abyss. A lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. And freshly digitized over on Marvel Unlimited, we have Alpha number 5, Astonishing X-Men number 63, Avengers Assemble number 16, Avenging Spider-Man number 22, Deadpool number 11, Guardians of the Galaxy number 3, Marvel Universe Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 15, Savage Wolverine number 6, Thor God of Thunder number 9, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 25, Uncanny X-Force number 6, Venom number 36, Winter Soldier number 19, and X-Factor number 257. Now, those are all fairly recent, so anything I said that has multiple volumes, that is the most recent volume of all of them. All right. Uh, time for news. Ben, what do we got? Okay, we have unveiled even more all-new Marvel Now titles, some of them new launches, some of them continuing series. First of all, Wolverine and the X-Men is going to be getting a new number one and a new creative team of Jason Latour and Mahmoud Asrar. Phantom X is going to be joining the book. Quentin Quire is a teacher now. Uh, it focuses on the summer session. That looks to be a really fun book. Magneto getting his own series, written by Colin Bunn, who we love on Fearless Defenders, and art by the aforementioned Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Got some preview pages. That is a killer creative team. And Magneto is a great character. So that definitely is going to be a book to watch. Iron Man enters all new Marvel now with uh, a Mandarin centric arc. Mandarin, of course, is gone. He did. But his rings are still out there, and one of the people getting his rings, Malkith, currently featured in Thor God of Thunder. Malkith! So, so that's going to be messed up. Yeah. Uh, Uncanny X-Men, also going into all-new Marvel now. Brian Bendis keeping on there, uh, continuing a lot of the current stuff with the Uncanny X-Men going up against S.H.I.E.L.D. and advancing Cyclops' revolution. And finally, Deadpool is going to be getting in the mix as he moves into his next story arc as part of all-new Marvel now. Speaking of All-New Marvel Now, we dug a little deeper into Black Widow, one of the first All-New Marvel Now books that's going to be premiering. We spoke at length with Nathan Edmondson last week. That is available on Marvel.com as Understanding Black Widow, Parts 1 and 2. We will, in the near future, also be talking with artist Phil Noto about that book. Yeah. Um, this week we did five days of Marvel, five days of deals that uh, we picked to provide to you guys. Uh, we had like 20% off the Marvel store. Uh, big sale on Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, bundles of digital comics, uh, big special on Marvel Unlimited. Um, there was some other stuff that I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you guys got in on those. Um, let me know if you did. I'm curious, I want to, you know, I want I want y'all to get in on them deals. I like deals too. Them deals. Them deals. Uh, big episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield this week. I won't say too much because I know many of you won't have seen the episode because it airs in the UK on Friday, um, and I just I don't want to spoil it too much. But it was huge. 
lots of big things. Uh, it, really trying to show that everything is connected, that we're building up the mythology, that you know you want superheroes, superpowers. We're, that's coming. It's we're showing you how this is all going to work and come together, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, we also, I don't think we were able to touch on this last week, the Daredevil news uh, really for, for the Netflix uh, show. We announced that Drew Goddard mm. will be showrunner and uh, writer on the show, uh, which is very exciting. He did Cabin in the Woods, which if you've not seen it yet, see the hell out of it right now. Yeah. It's terrific. He's got a great pedigree. He goes all the way back to, he was on Buffy as a writer. I think he worked on Angel as well. On Hell. On Hell, as some people say it. He was on World War Z. He's done a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Just look up his IMDb page. It's full of stuff that makes him perfect to do Daredevil. Yeah. And and he's a big Daredevil fan. Yeah. Like He's he's very excited. So it's, it's good. Um, all right. Time to kick it over to Strami for more news on his end. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom coming to you from, well, currently a rather dark Los Angeles since I am recording this in the wee hours, but I have some Marvel news for you from the wonderful land of television, games, and film, beginning with the all-new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Declassified. This is a special panel episode that features three of the show's stars, namely uh, Ian DeKaysticker, who plays Agent Fitz, Chloe Bennett, who plays Sky, and Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Agent Simmons, as well as series co-creator and executive producer Marissa Tantrone and Marvel executive Megan Thomas Bradner. You can watch the full extra-long episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Declassified now on Marvel.com. Find out just what the explosive final moments from this week's new episode mean for the series as we go into the new year and get tons of behind-the-scenes stories from the casting creators. You can also, speaking of behind-the-scenes, learn more about how we put together an episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble with a new... Avengers Hold Court article that we did this past week. Uh, I had a chance to interview series supervising producer Court Lane, as well as the show's voice casting and directing, well, voice director and casting would have been the proper way to say that. Let's pretend I said that. Colette Sunderman. And we got to talk about the most recent episode, which was Planet Doom, in which Doom took over the Earth. So we talked with them about the different designs for the characters in this episode, chat with Colette about what's like directing the great voice cast in the room all together, and we got a bunch of really fun stories in there as well. I thought it was a really fun interview, actually, and you should check it out right now on Marvel.com. Pretty much covers everything I've got for this week, but... I will speak with you again in seven more days. And until then, I wish you a splendiferous weekend, an even splendiferous-er week, and I thank you for listening.
Oh, thank you, Stromy. So appreciate all of that. So warm. All of that. Yeah. Uh, time for This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club questions and comments. Again, our book was... Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, it's an eight-issue limited series written by Joe Casey, art by Scott Collins, retelling kind of the in-between moments of the first year or so it was about, of the Avengers. It uh, probably goes almost two years because, yeah. you know... Well, they switched up in... Issue sixteen. Yeah, that's when they switch the lineup, and that's yeah. where it concludes here. But yeah, yeah those year books and a half. Were, yeah, but they were shipping not every month back then. So you're probably right. It's mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's the first run of stories. It's basically the run of the original team. Um, I hadn't read this in a little while. I reread no. it for the last couple of days, um, and I, I forgot to appreciate it. like it really is kind of the in between moments. Like they don't you, you see the big battles yeah. in splash pages. And Scott Collins is at the height of his powers yeah. in this. Uh, he does a great job. But you'll see stuff like, you know, them fighting Kang or them fighting Namor and the Hulk. That'll be done in a big splash page, and then it goes to the dialogue of what's going on. It's really a lot of what were the characters thinking. Because when the stories were originally done back in 63 or so, you didn't really get a lot of insight into what the characters were thinking. Uh, you saw the action. You saw the dialogue. And the thought bubbles were pretty perfunctory. Here, you really understand the strain that Iron Man is under trying to get the government to sign off on this, the torture that Captain America is going into as he's a man out of time and also trying to deal with uh, the Baron Zemo of it all, the Bucky of it all. And, of course, I love Hawkeye's emergence in this book. He pops up now and again, but this is kind of story of how he became an Avenger. Really, the last three issues bring Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch in. And then, you know, there's, there's Giant Man stuff, there's Wasp stuff, there's Thor stuff. But really, to me, it's, it's a book about Iron Man and Captain America. Cap- for me, it was Captain America more than I think anything. Because, like, his arc throughout the, the series is just so intense and yes. so personal. And, you know, you feel for him so much. Uh, I do want to say um, big kudos to the, the colorists yes. on these issues. Yeah. Maury Hollowell, Will Quintana... Um, you know, they, they did some amazing work, uh, you know, Scott Collins was incredible across all this, but it, they did what they're supposed to do. They really enhanced and elevated, mm-hmm. uh, the, the fantastic work to begin with. So that was really cool. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It is a lot about Captain America, but for me, it's kind of the whole, the whole story is really a long passing of the torch. It's Iron Man kind of building the Avengers, um, because you've got, and, and the Hulk's in it at the beginning too. The Hulk has a few great appearances, yeah. and Scott Collins draws a great Hulk. But it's Iron Man really working to build this thing that he believes in. It's really hard. Uh, none of the other members are making it easy. They discover Captain America, and a lot of times we remember in history as the minute they discover Captain America, everything clicked, and they see it in here, say it in here. But that's not quite the case. Because yeah. Cap has to go through his own journey of resolving the stuff the baggage that came with him over the years so i saw it as really the parallel stories of iron man trying to build the avengers basically so he can hand it over to captain america once captain america is ready to receive it if that makes sense sure um yeah (laughs) but uh, joe casey does a great job here too joe casey one of his specialties is he loves taking these old silver age stories and picking them apart uh he did it here did it in Avengers The Origin. There's actually a sequel to this book, Avengers Earth's Man's Heroes 2, and he loves just kind of getting into the nitty-gritty and saying, how would that play out in real, not real life or real time, but if we put a modern sensibility on yeah. it, how would it 
work. Yeah, there's a great like culture shock moment where Cap's watching TV and okay. he's like, oh, yeah, and like him visiting all, you know, learning about all the stuff that happened while he was gone. Right. Um, for those who read our previous TWIMURC, which was uh, Avengers Under Siege, mm. you get a lot of the history between that Baron Zemo and Captain America because that Baron Zemo. Um, says you killed my father to cap yeah. and cap's like i didn't do it it just sort of happened you Here's see happens. the events Ju- right in here judge for yourself yeah um yeah exactly judge for yourself but it was it was kind of cool is like that little moment tied to what yeah. we had done previously and this gives such a cool look at those early days of the avengers and you know for for a lot of us you know we weren't reading these comics back then so you go back and you you get a different sense of how they're you get a sense of how their characters have changed and, and, and evolved and become who we know they are now. It's fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, there's all sorts of great Easter eggs and other characters in here. Mm. Jarvis has a great role to Jarvis play. Jarvis is terrific for us. Yeah. Rick Jones yeah. Um, is, is key to Cap's story and to the overall story. But then you get, you know, the villains who just kind of pop up. Like we were talking about Count Nefaria this morning. Yeah. Um, like I said, Kang's in there. Uh, the whole Masters of Evil team, and just getting to see Scott Collins draw all these characters, even if it's just for a splash page or something, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, all the different Iron Man uh, oh, yeah. armor designs. He's like a different armor every issue. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I get it's all accurate to what issues they were appearing in. There's a lot of different Hank Pym costumes and Wasp costumes. Yeah. Thor, I, I do, Thor has a few great moments. Like, Iron Man the whole time is just like getting on Thor's case he's like stop saying you're a god it's really annoying we know you're just a crazy guy <laughs> and then finally Thor shows him he's yeah. like alright really here you touch you my hammer yeah, you want to see alright now you can see so very fun let's see what you guys had to say uh, we start out with John Gibson this is actually a holdover from uh, Under Siege wonder what the purpose was of having us read that story maybe they figured we liked Hercules too much um we like it because it was a terrific story. story. It was a yeah. classic from, you know, what we've always read. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But, yeah. you know. We're trying to turn you against Hercules. We love Hercules. Yeah. The whole point of what we're doing is to read stories that we like and yeah. want you guys to experience. Yeah. So. Hey. Let's move on quickly. Whatever floats your boat, Johnny. And one more before we get into the meat is Rap AV just saying, Happy Thanksgiving, guys. First time I'll celebrate it. And it's Hanukkah, too. It was. It was. In it's the over past. now. In the past. And Hanukkah is all sorts of spelled wrong, but that's cool. It's a really hard word to spell. Um, all right. Now let's get into the actual discussion of the issue. we got Stephen Barr, as Asbid. Great summary of modern life for Cap. He includes the pic of what you were talking about earlier where yep. he turns the TV on and everything is crazy. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, what did I do? Yeah. Poor Cap. Uh, Penelope Cat says, goes through all the issues. Issue one, love the whole moments between the action focus this series takes. It's bureaucracy, but they make it interesting. Yeah. Very true. Uh, issue two is, honestly, every time I turn on TV, I feel the same way Steve must feel. <laughs> so that panel resonated. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he says, I think this panel sums up why this series shouldn't work, but it does. And that is a panel of Thor going... Your intentions are admirable, but any achievement on the basis of a contractual technicality, there is very little honor in that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that explains to me a little more. Yep. Uh, Puzzled us out. From issue two, he says, an action sequence that's more than a page totally caught me by surprise. Yeah, yeah you know, like it didn't, the story wasn't about those action sequences. Yeah. So when you get them, it, it, it was a good, you know, change. 
Uh, I've read Casey's admiration for Steve Englehart, and I think I see some of that here in the complexity of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah, this is a very Englehart feel to this, where we take these, you know, kind of unflappable characters from the Silver Age and really give layers and say why they're flawed. So definitely, I think Casey's a, you know, spiritual successor to Englehart in a lot of ways. Yep. Uh, favorite moment, Cap at the Vietnam Memorial. That uh, Yeah, that was... Um, yeah, he has a great line that he mm-hmm. says to Rick Jones. Rick's like, are we going to leave soon? And Cap's like, not until I read every single one of these names. Yeah. Like, and he, yeah, and then he even says, he goes, that died in a war that I missed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, even knowing about the Winter Soldier, Cap's memories of Bucky's death still make for a powerful scene. Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, you know, that resonated... It, for him, that was not long ago. No. He, ju- he watched his best friend die, you know, two months ago? Yeah, whatever and even with the Winter Soldier back, I mean, this is going a little outside the series, I don't think Cap's guilt over all of that has ever lessened. No. Um, number one, he thought he was dead, and even if he wasn't dead, he totally screwed up his life, and that was all because Cap couldn't yeah. do what he needed to do. He couldn't protect him. Yeah, and it, it might even be worsened because of what Bucky had to go Absolutely. through. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, issue four, the emotion of Cap's memories of Bucky's death juxtaposed with the story of Zemo and the glue is what makes comics great. Um, issue four, one standout for me at this halfway point is how interesting it is seeing a very vulnerable Cap. Yeah, and this was actually, again, when we spoke to Rick earlier this week, it was something I brought up with him, uh, that we both brought up with him talking about just the idea of the haunted Cap, uh... Because you're seeing it again today yeah. in the fallout of the Dimension League. There's actually some interesting parallels between this story and what's going on in Cap at the moment. Just a Cap who's just recently become the man out of time and just has all this trouble dealing with the world around him. Yeah. Uh, even though we're seeing more action in each issue, the focus is still on character. Yep, definitely. Uh, favorite moment from issue five, Thor showing his Don Blake side and giving doctor's orders at the hospital. You no, know, I totally missed that. Yeah, I didn't Glossary catch that. Order. That's a good catch. I uh, said, man, Collins Joe is a beautiful Scarlet Witch. And says, <laughs> no Uncanny Avengers spoilers, please. Reading it on Marvel Unlimited. Unlimited. Okay. He does argue Scarlet Witch, and he actually, uh, when he would draw Avengers regularly, that was one of his best characters. I liked, on his Avengers run, his th- my three favorites were definitely Hawkeye, which is a great Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and then She-Hulk, because he draws all of them. Oh, yeah. Fantastically. Yeah. Uh, it says, favorite moment from six, Tony realizing Thor is really a god. Yep. I love that. That was so great. And from issue seven, Wanda and Pietro joining the team prefigured the Unity team in Uncanny Avengers. Yeah. In a way, that was the original Unity team, the uh, the Kooky Quartet. Yeah, the Kooky Quartet. I know Tom calls it that all the time. That's the, that's what they called them. Yeah. They were called that in the book oh. um, and in the letter stages and all that. Nice. It was uh, it was really weird. Uh, I guess with the holidays and everything, not as many of you got to read or got yeah. to comment, but. Really do check this series out. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a very good look back, and it's a good capper to our mm-hmm. Avengers focus in Twin URC. Yeah. So the next couple of weeks, we've got a regular episode, then I think we've got our year in review. Yeah. We're going to start talking about that. And then we'll have another URC, Twin URC. So we're going to start the year off uh, with a more, again, more recent book, character we haven't talked about, two creators we love, we're going to do Doctor Strange, The Oath, nice. which is on. I checked. I'll load that up. We'll get reading that. That'll, you guys will have a few weeks to check that out over the holidays. Seriously good stuff. If you, and It's only like yeah. four issues. You can knock it out it's in, really in easy. a short trip, and it's totally It's a good read. Marcos Martin on art. Ugh. Frank A. Vaughn writes it. Ugh. Just awesome it's Doctor disgusting Strange. how much I love that yeah, book. because we don't talk a lot about Doctor Strange, and, yeah. and we should. We should. It's a good guy. 
Yeah. Do, you know, I did want to mention from Uncanny Avengers is a great Doctor Strange sequence with magic. Uh, and Uncanny X-Men, sorry. Right. Uh, this week with oh, yeah, magic yeah. and Doctor yeah, Strange and like... Oh, and Wong. And Wong. Wong's, yeah. Wong's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Um, all right. That wraps up episode 111. Thank you to Stromy and Blake and Ben and yeah. uh, Mandy who helped put together most of our uh, for content Mandy. for this. Aww. She's done. She's done? Done tomorrow. She better do the next well, couple of episodes. She will. We'll make sure she gets it done. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so she, I said she's done tomorrow, but when this airs, she'll she'll be gone. She'll be gone. It's over. No more dance fever. Yeah. She was never on. Was she ever on the show? Once. I think you yeah, Once or twice. One, one time. Yeah. Um, all right. That wraps it up, guys. Have a great week. We'll be back with another episode next week. This is Marvel. That's what we do. <laughs> Your universe. <laughs>